Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Hear these words. The boy, Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered him, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Uh, Go back and lie down. So he went back and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Uh, My son, Eli said, I I didn't call. Go back and lie down. Quit waking me up, would (laughs) you? So he went back and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then, aha, Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Oh, I love that. Did you catch the difference there? Just real quick, this is a freebie, an aside. Eli goes, he comes to Eli, and Eli says, when, when he calls again, say, speak, Lord, which is the name of God. Yahweh is sometimes how we do it. Hashem in Hebrew, which translates as the name, because uh, Hebrews won't say the name of God. He says, say, speak, Hashem, for your servant is listening. He goes back, and he lies down, and the Lord calls, and he's like, speak, for your servant is listen. It's almost like there's this little bit of skepticism there that he just can't quite get past. I'm not really sure if this is really God. I'm not really sure. So he's like, speak for your servant is listening. I love that. I might talk about it a little bit later, but I love that part of that story because it's like, do we really know? Is it really there? Is it really God? Now, here's the deal. One of the, one of the I think one of the best ways for us to approach uh, the Bible uh, is to treat, treat the Bible almost as if it's, it's a living thing. I don't want to say person because we don't want to elevate the Bible to become like the fourth person of the Trinity, which doesn't make mathematical sense as if the Trinity made mathematical sense anyway. So we don't want Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and scriptures. No, scriptures are, are below God. So I don't want to go that far, but I do want to say that with enough practice, the Bible can become sort of like a friend, almost like a, a companion with us. 
Like, like you notice things about a friend, and you're like, that's curious, that's interesting, I want to lo- know more about that. Uh, when you read the Bible, you can come to it in such a way where you notice things that are curious and interesting, and you just, you just want to know more about it. And so you can actually have conversations with the Scriptures. You can ask the, the Scriptures questions. Uh, like if you notice something that's curious or interesting, you're like, what is that doing in there? In fact, I think one of the best questions that we can ask of the Scriptures, of the Bible, is a very simple question. Uh, it's one word, three letters. Why? When you ask the question why of what you find in here, it opens up all sorts of things for you and for all of us. Why? So I think one of the, one of the best ways for us to approach Scripture is almost like, like that of a two- or three-year-old child who always asks the question, why? Why? Have you ever been in a room with a two- or three-year-old who constantly asks, and after a while it's like, oh my goodness, but you can't deny that the curiosity there is just absolutely amazing. So we go to the Scriptures and we ask why, and we just sit there ready to sort of, sort of soak in whatever it is that comes from it. And I, I, have, to, I have to let you in on something. Whenever I, I prepare for, it's essentially what I do every time I prepare for what I'm going to do on a Sunday morning. I'll read through the scriptures and I'll read through it and I'll read through it and eventually a why will come up. I'll notice something interesting. I'll notice something that's curious to me and I'll be like, now, why is that in there? And when I was preparing for this morning, the why question came almost immediately in verse 1. Maybe you caught it too. There's a really curious line in there that makes me go, what? Why is that in there? So let's start at verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Huh. Now, that's interesting and curious. Why? The word of the Lord was rare? The word of the Lord was never rare. No, no, no. The word of the Lord was never rare, at least according to what the Hebrews believed. To the Hebrew mind, the word of the Lord, no, 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 no. That's never rare. Let's think about how the Bible starts. The Bible starts with the creation poem. It goes like this. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. And God said, spoke a word, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and so he kept speaking, he kept talking, he kept saying words, and as he did, the whole universe was born. You see, to the Hebrew mind, the universe exists because God is speaking. The universe is held together because God is speaking. It saturates. The word of the Lord saturates every fiber of every being, every single thing that exists. It's the word of God, according to Hebrew thought, that holds the whole universe together. God's, that's how close God is. God is constantly speaking. Uh, Paul, when he wrote one of his little letters to, that we now call Colossians, 
uh, he picked up on this idea when he said this, in him, Jesus, the word become flesh, in him all things hold together. The word of the Lord is rare. No, it's everywhere. And it's never rare. So why in the world would this person, this Hebrew, understanding that, write these God-breathed words about the word of the Lord being rare? That's a legit question. Why? The word of the Lord was rare? It was never rare. It was everywhere. Why would he write that? Well, maybe. I have an idea. Maybe. Maybe, just maybe, the word of the Lord was there. And just nobody was listening. Maybe people were hearing just fine. But no one was really listening. Look again at the story. Verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And where did he go? He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down, man. So he went back and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went back to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that Samuel has some sort of hearing issues. He seemed to be hearing okay, really, but was he really listening? I mean, who knows? Maybe he had a lot on his mind, right? We'll call it background noise in his life. He had a lot going on. It was the middle of the night. Have you ever gone to bed at night and you're like thinking about all the things that you're trying your best to sleep, but you're thinking about all the things that you should have gotten done that day that you just didn't get done, or you're thinking about all the things that you have to do tomorrow or the next week that you're like overwhelmed and you get stressed out and anxious and you can't sleep? Maybe maybe Samuel was like that. He was laying there in bed and he was thinking about all the things that he should have gotten done for his master Eli that day, and he didn't have time. Or maybe, maybe he was thinking about all the temple duties he would have to do the next day, and it was making him anxious. He, he seemed to be perfectly ready to hear a word from Eli, but he wasn't ready to hear a word from the Lord that day. He wasn't ready to hear God call his name. Maybe the background noise of his life, all the stuff that he's responsible for and has to do and didn't get done, maybe all of that was sort of preventing him from hearing the word of the Lord. Since I thought Samuel was hard of hearing, I thought I'd do a little research to, you might think this is strange, but that's fine. Um, I thought I'd do a little research to see if I could, I could help him out. So I, I, uh, I studied up on hearing aids. I did, I know. According to the internet, which is always right, um, more than 28 million people in the United States suffer significant uh, hearing loss of, of some kind. Um, hearing loss is the third leading disability uh, behind um, arthritis and hypertension. Uh, 28 million people in the U.S. suffer some sort of significant hearing loss. That's a really significant number, don't you think? And the best solution so far has been what? 
hearing aids. Now, hearing aids work like you think they work. There's a microphone, picks up the sound. There's an amplifier, amplifies the sound. And then there's a speaker that uh, is the output of the sound. Some of them work with an analog signal. Some of them work with a digital signal. Uh, the digital signal is somewhat clearer. Clarity is the goal. Uh, you can actually go into the doctor's office and they'll, they'll uh, program your hearing aid if you want them and need them according to what works for you, according to what you like and according to what you dislike. I think that's fascinating, right? And hearing aids actually treat different sounds differently. They treat really soft sounds differently than they treat really loud sounds. Uh, but isn't that cool? It's amazing. Now, but the one thing that hearing aids can't do is filter out background noise. Some of them are getting to the place where they can begin to do that okay, but hearing aids can't filter out background noise. In fact, they make all noise easier to hear, right? So, it increases your awareness of all sounds. So for someone who is, is, getting a, a, is fitted with new hearing aids, suddenly they begin to realize that footsteps make noise. It's like, oh my goodness, forgot about that. Refrigerators have motors. Like you can, the dishwasher, when it runs, it makes noise. Some computers have fans, and when they run, it's really loud, and you can hear them. Again, so when a person is fitted with hearing aids, look what gets, guess what has to happen? Your brain has to relearn, I love this, how to focus again how to hear the things you need to hear while filtering out the things that you don't need to hear. Isn't that amazing? Your brain has to relearn how to focus again. Where am I going with this? I think we all find ourselves in that place because we all have a lot of background noise in our lives, right? We have a lot going on. We have, in, in, in this culture, we have this phrase that's become a favorite phrase that we like to say, and we say it often. It goes like this, I'm busy. You ever said that? I'm busy. We're busy. We're all busy. Busy, busy. Busy people. We're busy with home stuff. We're busy with work stuff. We're busy with family stuff. We're busy with friends stuff. We're busy with, with school stuff. We're busy with kids stuff. If you got kids, your kids run your life. You're busy with all kinds of stuff. Busy, busy, busy. And most of it's really good stuff too, right? Most of it God cares deeply about. But all of that stuff at some point can become background noise that, that makes us sort of oblivious to the voice of God, makes it really hard for us to hear the voice of God. And with all that background noise, sometimes it's hard for us to stop long enough to actually listen for the voice of the divine. Like we hear a lot of things, but are we listening? Like the brain inside a, a person who just fitted with new hearing aids. We have to learn how to focus we have to learn how to focus. In fact, I think we spend our entire lives learning how to do this. Focus on the, the ever-present word of God that holds all things together, even 
all of our busyness holds all of that together too, which means even in the, mid, in the middle of all of our busyness, God is still speaking, holding it all together. But the question is, are we listening? Really listening? So let me tell you a story. Late one evening, there was a theology professor who was at his home office preparing lectures for the next day. Uh, he took a, a small little break and shuffled through some mail and began throwing the extra mail away. Uh, and then he came a, upon this magazine that wasn't even addressed to him, but it was delivered to him by mistake, and it caught his attention. He opened it up, and it fell open to, a, to an article entitled this, The Needs of the Congo Mission. So the professor stopped for a moment to read the article, and uh, these words caught his attention. The need is great here. We have no one to work the northern province in the central Congo. And it is my prayer that as I write this article that God will lay his hand on one, one on whom already the master's eyes has, have been cast, that he or she shall be called to this place to help us. And the professor is like, <gasps> closed the magazine and wrote in his diary, my search is over. And he knew he was headed for the Congo. So the professor's name, anybody know it? Albert Schweitzer? Albert Schweitzer. Yeah. And before he went to the Congo, guess what he did? He went to medical school and got a medical degree and became a doctor because that's what they needed. Years later, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his work. And he used the $33,000 that he was given for winning. He used that to build a hospital in the Congo. How did that work? How, does, how do things like that actually happen? How he worked for years and years and years and touched thousands and thousands and thousands of people, transformed lives because one night he just stopped in the middle of busy lecturing writing and he just decided to listen. He stopped what he was doing and he listened and he heard and he moved. Look at what Eli tells Samuel. Second half of verse 8 goes like this. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. When he calls again, say, speak, Lord. This is the divine in touch with you. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He told Samuel to lie down, but this time it wasn't because he was annoyed. This time it was because he wanted Samuel to stop and put himself in the position to listen to the divine. Friends, this, this story is really a Sabbath story. It is. It's all about Sabbath. Sabbath, Shabbat in Hebrew. It means quit. Just stop. Stop, be quiet. Because when we quit, when we stop, when we're quiet, we put ourselves in the position to hear and connect with the divine. Give ourselves a chance to actually learn how to listen for the word of the Lord. And it's one of the reasons why we come here every Sunday, isn't it? Quit. Stop, be quiet 
It's like a, a rhythm we crave. It's, it, it's a rhythm we need. It's almost as if it's a rhythm that's been implanted deep within our souls. God created for six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. We've been created in the image of God. Sabbath, quit, stop, be quiet, listen. Busyness, busyness. It's a choice. What would our lives look like if we just stopped and busied ourselves? Or busied ourselves with like 30 minutes of just listening every day? What would our lives look like? Connecting with the divine. What would it look like if we spent, if we spent several moments throughout the day just stop, quit, be quiet, and listen for God? What would it be? It doesn't have to be the traditional quiet time. Like you get up at 5.30 in the morning, which doesn't work for very many people. And you sit at the kitchen table all alone with your cup of coffee. If that works for you, bless you. That did not work for me, man. So I've had to learn how to stop, be quiet, listen. Several times throughout the day. It can be in the middle of all your busyness. Doing ordinary things. It happened to me last week. I was just washing dishes by myself and it was quiet. And that's where the hearing aid idea came from. It was like, oh, thank you, God. Stop. Quit. Be quiet. Listen. What would our lives be like if we did that more and more? Oh, this story is about all kinds of things. It's about the Lord always speaking. The word of the Lord is always present. It's the thing that's holding all things together. It's there if only we'll listen for it. It's about maybe the background noise of our lives, the things we had to do today that we didn't get done, the things that are coming up. God cares deeply about that. But if we, in the middle of it, if we just stop and listen, maybe we hear a word from the Lord. And it's about one more thing, at least one more thing. We'll start at the second half of verse eight. Then Eli realized that the Lord, it's the Lord. Oh, it's the Lord. Aha, calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Maybe I'm talking to the divine, maybe not. I don't know about this. Oh. Samuel tried and tried and tried again. He was hearing something was there, but he wasn't listening. And then Eli realized, aha, it's the Lord. It's the Lord calling him and helped him learn how to respond. And so Samuel, so Samuel's unable to focus on exactly who it was that was calling, but Eli was there to help him respond. I love that. I love it. Friends, trying to listen to God speak, to listen to the voice of God, to discern the will of God, to, to understand that God is trying to tell me this or that or whatever it is, that's a hard thing to do. Sometimes it's a really hard thing to do. 
This, is a, this story is reminding us that we don't have to do it by ourselves. In fact, I think this story is telling us that in order for us to listen well, like listen really, really well, we need other people to help us. Sometimes there are other people. I don't know if this is true for you, but it's true for me. Sometimes there are other people in my life, in our lives, who can raise themselves up above all the background noise in order to hear the word of the Lord for us and help us learn how to hear for the word of the Lord. Listen for direction from God, the way in which we ought to go. Now, as I look back on my life, some of the best decisions I've ever made, some of the toughest decisions I've ever made have not been made by me alone. I didn't make them alone. I don't think I ever could have made them alone. Like, here's the deal. God was calling me in high school to do what I do, to be a pastor. Something was there. I knew something was there, but I didn't know what that was. And God was calling me time and time and time and time again and again and again and again. And it wasn't until other people recognized that in me and said something to me and asked me questions about it did I begin to entertain the thought that maybe, just maybe, this is what God was calling me to. I couldn't have couldn't have made this decision to do what I do without other people discerning that with me and in some cases for me. Even coming here to do this thing called church planting and starting a a new thing that turns into this, we didn't make that decision on our own. We had lots of people speaking into our, our lives. Some of the best decisions I've made, some of the toughest decisions are because other people are, are with me. And I think that you think about your own life Think about the toughest decisions you've ever made. Think about the best decisions you've ever made. Did you make them alone? Maybe in some cases, but by and large, did you make them alone? You probably made them because you had a small community of people surrounding you. And maybe you didn't realize it at the time and they didn't realize it at the time, but maybe, just maybe, they were discerning the word of the Lord the voice of God, the calling of God with you so that you could go where God was calling you to go. So when you leave here today, try listening again. Go, listen, learn how to listen. Learn how to listen again and again and again. If you want direction, if you want purpose, if you want to know which way to go, just quit for a bit. Stop for a while. Be quiet. Listen. Grab some people, some trusted friends. Ask them what they think. Lean into them. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And you'll probably get a word eventually. Let's pray. God, thank you for all the ways that you touch us, for all the ways that you communicate to us, for all the ways that you speak to us. Sometimes, oh God, it's hard. And sometimes we, like Samuel, aren't quite sure if it's you. We don't know if we're actually communicating with the divine, the creator of the universe. And so we hesitate Sometimes we're hesitant to even call out to you and say your name, and yet you speak anyway. God, help us to 
to lean into those people who are with us, who walk through life with us. Speak to them so they can speak to us, so that together we can understand what you want for our lives, where you're calling us, what new places you're pushing us to go, what changes you would have us make in our lives so that we can become the kind of people you want us to be. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Come near to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing.